howdy, y'all, and welcome to The Daily Grind with your host, John Spencer. Grab a mug of your favorite coffee and get ready to become the sharpest tool in the shed when it comes to water cooler chatter, conference room banner, and job side small talk. This week, my big sister Carla Cockrum and I will brew your brain with some historical facts and a rundown on today's date, and we'll sharpen your wit with random musings just to get your brain gears turning in the morning. Plus, I'll offer up some thoughts to ponder on your walk with Jesus. Got a mug of Jabba ready? I do. We are good to go. It's Friday, October 13th. Uh Uh-oh. This date in 1269, the present church building at Westminster Abbey was consecrated. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's been there for a minute. They don't build them like that anymore. Nope. And on this date in 1775, the United States Navy, originally called the Continental Navy, was authorized by the Second Continental Congress. Happy birthday, United States Navy. How about that? Go Navy. And on this date in 1792, the cornerstone for the White House was laid. Oh my goodness, it's been a busy week of building things. And on October 13th, 1961, Fox Mulder was born. Okay. Fictional character from the X-Files, FBI agent Fox Mulder. All right. Got it, Agent Mulder. I got it. Yep. Data Scully, Fox Mulder. Anyway, the truth is out there. (laughs) October 13th is English Language Day. Okay. It's Failure Day. (laughs) Sometimes those go hand in hand, don't they? Uh, It's Silly Sayings Day. Okay. Totally opposed to that. Skeptics Day. Okay. Which makes sense because hopefully people are appropriately skeptical of superstitious things like the 13th. Right. Brain Your Brain Day. Oh. And Hmm. it's U.S. Navy birthday. Yes. And it's Yorkshire Pudding Day. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. And now it's the time on the Daily Grind to sharpen your wit. The band Aerosmith. Yes. Been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. They more money on the game Guitar Hero Aerosmith than any of their albums. You're kidding. Oh, my goodness. Rome held the record for the largest city for over 1,600 years. Before, yeah, before being surpassed by Beijing in the early 19th century. Whoa, from Rome to Beijing. However... <laughs> Do you know what the largest city by population is right now? No. It is Tokyo, ah, Japan, with okay. a mere 37.4 million people. Oh, okay. That's a lot of people. That is a lot right of people. Down, tiny island. Heebie-jeebies. <laughs> That's too many folks all crammed into small space. Gosh. Carla, do you think graffiti is actually the plural of graffito? <laughs> um, well, not until this very moment did I ever even consider it. <laughs> if I wrote one thing, would it be graffito? Multiple things, all of them together, that's graffiti. I just wonder. Graffiti. That... Okay. It's possible. <sighs> the word quintessential. Mm-hmm. I like that word. I do too. The quintessential. It is actually Latin for the fifth element. Oh, okay. I'll buy that. So there you go. Okay. That, 
also one of my favorite sci-fi movies, The Fifth Element. The Fifth Element? Um, yeah. I'm unfamiliar with. Oh, oh, you should check that out. Do some research. Okay. You, we'll do yeah, that. watch it, and then we'll talk about it sometime. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> there's, it's, it's got everything. It's got action. It's got an opera diva. It's, I mean, oh, okay. Yeah, crazy. The Red M&M's. Yes. Were eliminated in 1906 <gasps> over concerns about the dye aftermath, clean, oh, carcinogenic stuff. Despite the fact that the red in the red M and M's contained none of the harmful dyes, they just said we don't want to cause people trouble. Wow, I love M and M's. That's when we said goodbye, oh. Red M and M. So. If you find a red M and M, it it's old. Like, it's been in a couch cushion for Ooh. fifty years. Oh my goodness, Carla! A group of tasks is called an agenda. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, it is. But on a serious note about our animal friends, a group of porcupines. Oh no! Yes. Is a prickle, a prickle of porcupines. Oh, an alliteration, prickle of porcupines. Okay, prickly, <laughs> cute looking though. Right. Whew. Star Wars was originally going to be prefixed by the definitive article "the." They're originally going to say "the Star Wars." Oh, I'm hmm. so glad you dropped that article. Yes. Yeah, Star Wars. Star Wars. Hey, kid, thanks again for joining me for another week oh. on the time. Um, you. Thank you for letting me be here. Yeah, it's always fun. We will see you guys Monday on the Daily Grind. Daily Grind Nation, have a great weekend. Happy weekend. Yay. That was fun. Well, howdy, y'all. Um, today's episode of the Daily Grind for Enrich Your Faith, it's Friday. Maritz and I are talking about the Psalms, and today we just got long-winded. We had a pretty free-ranging conversation, and I just couldn't decide where to make all the edits. So we will have a little bit longer episode of The Daily Grind, and then I will post a second episode 95.5 for the second part of our conversation. So I hope you will find some time to listen to the second part of the episode and all of the conversation that Maritza and I had. Well, now it's that time on the Daily Grind to enrich your faith, and it's Friday. And that means it's going through the Psalms with Maritza. Hey, Maritza. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, before we get going, so tell me, how was it Sunday singing the national anthem at the PBR at Dickey's Arena? So it was an awesome experience. They treated me wonderful, uh, VIP status, unlimited <laughs> food and drinks. Um, I was excited. My uh, Some of my family went to go see me and some friends. And I'd never seen a professional bull riding before. So uh, the people are really kind. So there was these people sitting in front of us. And they said how wonderful they liked me singing the national anthem. But they like showed me the rules. They told me how points are given. So wonderful, yeah. wonderful time. That's awesome. I had a friend one time out at El Rey to tell me that if uh, you ever wanted to think about riding bulls, you need to get you a sack of marbles and just carry them around with you, but constantly take them out, look at them, move them around, because you'll eventually start losing one or two. And when that sack's empty and you've lost all your marbles, 
you're ready to ride a bull. <laughs> oh man, I was it was good. Although I I couldn't I don't know why, John. I'm I'm off. I couldn't think of a good bull pun. Oh well. I know. I'm utterly disappointed in myself. <laughs> yeah, well that's not a bull pun. I know, but still. it's a cow pun. Uh, we are gonna be looking at Psalm one thirty nine. Again, this was this was a uh, Marita pick. So how did you pick 139? Did you spin the wheel again, or was this one that you read and were interested in? Okay, so interesting enough, Psalm 139 uh, was actually recommended to me by, it was very interesting, because I don't know the history of this, but definitely this psalm is showing God as an all-knowing, he's everywhere, He's all powerful and I need your guidance. That's what I took from this psalm. Yeah. No. Well, you you took you took the main points from the psalm then. Well, you're in grad school, so I'll go ahead and give you the big five dollar theology words. Uh oh, right. describe. Um <clears throat> the things that we believe to be true about God is that he is omniscient and he is omnipresent. And he is omnipotent, which means that he is all-knowing, he is all-powerful, and he is all-present. He is everywhere. Um, But one of the things that he gives us as his creation is free will. So uh, it's one of those things where I and you, you and I, we both have complete free will. God just knows the choices that we will make, but it doesn't mean that we weren't free to make them. But is it not pre? But is it not predetermined though? This is where okay, okay. Let's just dive into this. So, this is the part where it just kind of made me like, what? This is for you created me for you for for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. And I will tell you, in the Christian community, there there are a couple of ways that people look at this and. There are some people who believe in predestination, you know, that God predetermined or preordained who would be in the faith and who wouldn't, because God is sovereign over everything. Uh, I think as time-bound critters, I mean, he's a creator and I'm a critter. And so uh, he wouldn't be much of a deity if I could figure him all out. True. (laughs) True. Um, and and we try to do that all the time. And we try to project onto our image of God, our own humanity all the time. I think it was uh, Blas Pascal who said, you know, that God created man in his image and then man turned around and returned the favor. And <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and so we project onto God like our own smallness and pettiness. And so it's hard for us to imagine anger without sin or some sort of selfishness or that kind of stuff. But I think time is a thing that God made. So he's not bound by it. It started and at some point it will end and there will be this continuation of God in existence. Now it's hard for me to, to, I can't, I can say that I kind of think about it a little bit, but I can't wrap my mind around not being time bound because it's all I know Uh, I live in a a linear existence and so and not everybody might agree with me but I think 
when it comes to God's presence, that he's not everywhere at once. He's also every once at once. He is in the now in my past and he's in the now in my present. And I can only experience him in this present moment, but he's already with me outside of time. And I think the apostle Paul says, you know, that we are already, if you've, when you trust Jesus and you are in his family, it says you are already seated with Christ in heavenly places because in the future, God's already there too. But it doesn't mean that my choices aren't mine to make and suffer the consequences for bad choices that I make. And I will reap benefits for good choices I make. And at the end of the day, it's a matter of faith for me. And I think the Bible says that the things that I do that out of faith and in trust as to God as my creator and savior, those will last forever. And the things that I do out of my own power, my own resources, and without any faith, that those are works of the flesh. And they can be evil things or really good things, but they're still not going to have value. Because anything that's not of faith, the Bible says, is less than perfect. So it's sin. God knew he was going to be king, knew that he was going to make some promises to him, knew that they would be fulfilled. And so God intervenes at points in histories and he calls people. I believe if you know, if the person he called didn't respond, he would call somebody else because his will will be brought out because he will find people who will be faithful and trust him. But yeah, I don't know. I think we have free will. I just think that we also serve and worship a God who is all knowing and all powerful. And and again, it's that critter creator relationship. And uh, a lot of us are not comfortable being the critter. We all want to go, no, I want to be God of my life. What do you what do you say? Um, um, omniscient, omnipresent. Um, uh huh. And omnipotent. Omnipotent. Well, so out of all those people on planet Earth, how many people would you say know you completely, truly know you? Maybe less than ten. Yeah, I see. To me, I think it would be even less than that. Because I would, in fact, I would go hands down, probably Marcy knows me better than anybody, but she still doesn't know what goes in on in between my ears. You know, that's true. I want to believe that John, that I'm pretty truthful with John, but maybe my counselor is the second best one. But other than that, there's a lot of people. Yeah. People that know me really well, but nobody really, in fact, I think what, what, what the song gets at is that God knows me better than I know me. David says, you know, even like before a thought is on my tongue, you know, you, you know it, you've been there. And this is the amazing part. This is the part that just makes me go, wow, how amazing is this? Cause I know how prone I am to be. There's a lot of people that go, Oh, Johnny's a good guy. And I want to go, do they really know me though? Or do they know the transactional me? Oh my gosh, do, John, we're twins. This is why we're do twins. They know the- do they know the, you know, the, the aspiring me or the, and what really drives me and motivates me at times and stuff. Cause I know how flawed and broken, uh, even sometimes when I do a good thing, you know, there's sometimes an, an ulterior motive or less than pure. And, you know, and I will, I will just, most people couldn't live if they spent a day, I think in my brain, cause it's just a storm of stuff going on all the time. 
And I want to go, but God, who knows me better than I know myself, all of it, as I am, says, what I want more than anything is a relationship with you. I love you. I created you. And I want you to be mine. And that amazing amount of grace, I think when we understand just how undeserving we are, but it is extended and offered. I mean, how can you not sit down and write something like David wrote in Psalm 139, where you just are contemplative and expressing this incredible reality of going, this is what's all true. Because, you know, we talked about David, you know, he was this man after God's own heart, but he was also a murderer and a seducer. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. he was far from perfect and i think because he was just a guy and you know that he was a broken human just like the rest of us him getting god's love and affection for him elicits i don't think the only thing you can do with that is go i'm just overwhelmed by that talk about i mean talk about unconditional love it yes that is the picture of it i mean we can see glimpses of it you know, sometimes in our human relationships, but I don't think that you ever see true unconditional love and grace uh, until you realize, wow, as messed up as people are on this planet, the things that they do. I, I know we took kids when we were in Europe, uh, we took kids to Dachau. And I, at that time, I was reading something by a Catholic author, uh, Thomas Merton. And it just coincided that that the part I was reading in his book, uh, he has this line where he says, until you've stood at the gates of a place like Auschwitz and meditated on man's ability to inflict cruelty and harm to his fellow man, you can't begin to meditate on what the grace of God is. And I was at this place where humans mass exterminated other humans. (laughs) And the thought struck me that Christ's forgiveness, his love, his death on the cross wasn't just for the people who were being murdered at the camp, but it was for the people who were running the camp as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and it was there for me. I mean, it's like God's mission was to say, look, I laid this plan and he knew that we would mess it up. Uh, there's this amazing description. Uh, we're chasing all kinds of rabbits this Friday, Marie. So we're going to <laughs> uh, one of the things that describes who Jesus is, is it says that he is the lamb who was slain before the foundations of the earth. Again, outside of time, God knew when he created a world and he gave people free will. He knew what we would do with it, but he had a plan in place to save and redeem us from our brokenness. And so I would say, yes, you have free will and you, and you have a God who loves you unconditionally. Oh, but but John, do you, do you realize how hard this is for me to stomach? Because, okay. It's, it's like, like he sacrificed his own son. Okay. Let's, let's bring Jesus into this fact. Mm -hmm. So he knew that this was going to happen. Yeah. He knew it already, and yet it still happened. Like, how how are we supposed to accept that, John? Like, you know, like like you would accept any other gift. You just receive it. You just say, 
I don't deserve it. I don't understand it, but I'll, I'm just by faith going to receive it because you can't, you can't ever figure it out enough to rationally go, Oh yes. Out of my intellect, I'm going to make this. It is a, there's a, there is an act of faith and there is a connection and a, the, the cross itself. When you look at, at the crucifixion, here's Jesus who really nobody took his life. He laid it down. I mean, he could have said enough. He could have snapped his fingers and obliterated everybody that was out to get him. Angels right. could have come down from heaven, but he laid his life down. And even there on the cross, as he is taking on all of the stuff that makes me unacceptable, all of my sin, as he's taking that on so that he, I can take on his right standing with God, he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Like this is part of your plan. They're playing a role in it. They don't know what they do. Forgive them. And he has this incredible moment with one of the people who's getting crucified with him who acknowledges that, you know, you really are the Messiah, aren't you? And he tells him today, because they're both about to die. He says, today you will be with me in paradise. So that guy didn't have to go earn God's love. He didn't, you know, he didn't go and sell Bibles door to door. I mean, he was just getting murdered on the cross next to Jesus. And Jesus goes, it's just your faith is all that you need. And he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. I mean, that just gives me goosebumps. I mean, I just go, oh my gosh, how can I ever take that for granted? Not just be awed all the time at the incredible love the father showed us through that bringing Jesus. As always, I want to thank everybody for joining us on the daily grind. Breach and I just got a little long winded, but it was a great discussion. So um, the second part of all this will be in a bonus second Friday episode. Um, so if you want to hear the full uh, continuation of everything we talked about today, tune in uh, for the second Friday episode of uh, the Daily Grind with John and Maritza walking through the Psalms. <laughs>